0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, your Phoenix Suns dominate the Bucks tonight win by a score of 131 to 107 in a nba finals rematch one of the most highly anticipated games of the season matthew probably the most highly anticipated game that we've had since the Golden state warriors on christmas
2: right yeah yeah it definitely was and uh, this game lived up to a lot of hype i mean it started out great it was the finals atmosphere it was what we were waiting for and then the sun just Took control towards the end. So, I mean, we wanted to see a good game. I'm feeling great after the blowout. But, you know, what's better? A blowout win? Just knowing that you had the victory? Or else, you know, a good game towards the end like we got in the finals?
1: No, I mean, this game gave us all emotions, right? I mean, there was... A flashback to the finals when it came to kind of the foul disparity and the physicality that one team was seemingly allowed to play with. There was the closeness and the back and forth throughout the game as uh, there was a total of 18 different lead changes and nine times this game was tied. And then there was the 2022 version of the Phoenix Suns that punch you in the face in the third quarter and then knock you out in the fourth quarter. So we saw and experienced a great NBA game for the first half and Phoenix Suns basketball, winning basketball, 45 and 10 basketball in the second half. And ultimately, Phoenix wins. And I think that given everything that happened today with the trade deadline, given the way that this team played against the Milwaukee Bucks, this is a great day for phoenix suns fans and we should thoroughly enjoy this
2: oh yeah yeah this this might be a two hour pod but during the game i mean you got everything you want you got paul dropping drew on that nice little like crossover thing got yes H-Pose broke rising, his Giannis. ankles yeah 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 mikhail making great content with that whatever the hell he was doing after that one play where cameron johnson threw him the sick pass for the end one and mikhail's just saying something i forget what he said but He's just crazy. He's been more goofy lately. Ever since he went to the, the Sixers game or ever, like the Philadelphia game last game, he was like more into it, like more emotional, and you saw more of that tonight. I think
1: what Mikhail Bridges said, if I remember correctly, it was he He's mad. mad. He, yes. he mad. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. I mean, it literally came to the point where, although if you are listening to the podcast, it will sound the same. If you're watching the podcast, you'll see the warden earned himself a new drop.
2: Award. That quick, <laughs> that, that quick, quick, man. That, that quick, quick. I, I'm it on it, good. man. It was that
1: it was, good. It was that good, and it yeah. was a, it, it was that great to see the Phoenix Suns beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so plenty to talk about relative to that game. What we saw, what Monty Williams did, what the advantage of actually having some length does for this team. Plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We've got trades to talk about. We've got all everything that happened today. We're going to try our best to cram this into an hour for you if it goes a little bit over we're sorry but again there's so much to talk about but this is not only a great day for phoenix suns fans but a great day for the sun's jam session podcast and thank you for tuning in because you tuned into a good one here so if you're watching live on facebook youtube or twitter please hit the thumbs up button please subscribe and please hit the bell notification which will let you know when we go live and that is after every phoenix suns game you can become an elite jamster by hitting the join button on youtube or following the link in the description you can donate in the super chat uh because matthew's very poor and we need to get him some tickets to go to see the Fink Suns game at some time. Uh, and if you donate even more, then maybe <laughs> I get a go, too. No, so Matthew's really poor. <laughs> Someone help Matthew pay his water yeah. bill. Yeah, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. and We'll read, read it right here on the podcast. Uh, so much to talk about, so I want to drop the drop, if you will. But, Matthew, I got to see, you know, are you, are you sticking with water? Or are you popping up something
2: nice and cold tonight? Today is Sunday been a beautiful day so i'm gonna yes, end it, it with a long ipa i like um, let's found go. this underneath my fridge nice <laughs> and warm <laughs> nice. well i got another one of them num num juices another you know a hazy
1: ipa from Very here popular. in california so let's pop them and let's talk about this beautiful day for phoenix suns fans baby Phoenix Suns return home after a road trip that was highly successful that even the NBA on TNT crew couldn't get right. They're like, oh, well, the Phoenix Suns are coming off a great road trip. They lost in Miami, but they won. I'm like, they didn't go to Miami. They lost in Atlanta. How Does this the-
2: really happen? Does this yes, really happen? You didn't hear it? No, I did not. I didn't. You, yeah, it's, I, <laughs> I think did it's not, man. Kevin
1: Harlan or whatever. At the back end of the game, he was talking about how the Phoenix Suns were returning from a road trip. They were coming off a successful road trip where they only lost in Miami, but they won in uh, Chicago and and Philly. And I'm like, come on, like, you can't even get that shit right after they just did it the other night when they said that the Suns were on a two game losing streak. It's like, has anybody ever just kind of slid them a stat sheet to let them know how great and dominant this (laughs) team is, man? How does this keep happening?
2: The stat person is not even watching the Suns. The disrespect goes that deep to even the stat guy.
1: Yeah, even the stat guy doesn't know how to properly look it up. That Dude, lady. The,
2: just pull up basketball reference. It
1: takes two seconds, so sorry. Micro rant. Uh, <laughs> but it brings good, me man. to my to my first question of the game. Matthew, I got to ask. My first question of the game. It's the first question of the podcast. Jeez, such an idiot. Uh, so coming into this game against the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously we were decimated by the power that is Yantus Antetokounmpo in the 2021 NBA finals. So Matthew, I got to ask, were you excited to see the way that Monty Williams utilized his big men in this game?
2: Yeah, it was uh it's kind of like the moment we were waiting for. I think um since of course last year we didn't have McGee in that series and we've talked about it plenty of times, but I mean if if McGee was on that team it probably would have made a big difference. I'm saying that they would have won the championship but it would have made a big difference. So the only thing that when they were trying to match Deandre and and McGee in the lineup against Monroe and, and yeah, that, I mean, I, it was cool, I guess, but I don't think you really have to focus on that too much with Monroe in the game. Like, that's the thing where I feel like Monroe should play himself out of the game. You know what I mean? You can have Aiton in there and you can have cam at the four. So, I mean, it was an experiment. It's something we've been waiting to see, especially, you know you're gonna probably play this team in the finals, and you're probably gonna have a chance to probably play even the Sixers. And the last game they got size too. So these bigs, even Biombo, I'm telling you, man, they they have the length, they have the capacity to defend decent against a Giannis, even <clears throat> when Aiton's out of the game. Excuse me, a little phlegm there. When when Giannis is in the game, and <clears throat> oh, a little bit more, and Aiton's in. Drink some of, of that game. IPA, bruh. Ooh, that's what caused it, man. It's IPA. I'm not used to it. You're used to water. I'm just used to the water. so when you had Bianbo in there too, like even his fouls a few times, like there were pretty decent fouls against him. So I like this. I love the bigs we have letting go of Jalen Smith today. We just know we have these guys that can get back up eight and put in some good minutes.
1: Yeah, Scheinbach in the chat. Sticks who? Wow. Yeah, too soon. I think too. I think this is the time where we'll just we'll do it one last time for our buddy Sticks.
0: Sticks report.
1: The sticks report is no more. I will be deleting that drop, unlike the juice drop, which I've always oh. kept around just in case. Uh, but I really thought that was just a just a, I always I always held that hope that we would get Tory Craig back. And again, it's like yeah. I'm so excited to have him back, man. I've been ever since that happened today. And obviously we'll talk trades at the back end of this podcast, but man, I was just like beaming. And I was so busy at work today. And my phone's going off nonstop. And, you know, I'm on site here. I'm just, I'm doing a lot of hiring as we prepare to open a restaurant here. And like, I'm the, the manager I'm working with. He's like, man, you're getting a lot. Your phone keeps going off. Like, are you getting a lot of good candidates calling you back. I'm like, no, man, it's the trade deadline day, dude. Like I got my Woj bombs on, yes. I got my Shams bombs on. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to hop into the bar real quick and record a podcast because uh, uh, we just got Tory Craig back, you know, and he's a Sixers fan. So it was fun because I actually was talking with him when we just oh, cool. yeah. the other day. Okay. So it, he's from yeah. Philly. So, uh, but anyways, coming back to kind of my original question for you and talking about the bigs, you know, it was, it was really weird to see the, the DA, and McGee minutes, right? Something we, you and I have talked about a little bit in the past. Playing D eight the four, using Miguel or Javale McGee at the five. But even though it was Greg Monroe and it was Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think it was valuable for Monty Williams. And we see, we've seen him do this in the big games, right? We saw him play an unbelievably small lineup against the Warriors. He put out an unbelievably big lineup against the uh, the Bucks tonight. And it displays the versatility that this lineup has and it allows him to get a little bit of footage to see how some things can can operate if and when we play these teams in the playoffs. So having. Greg Monroe, old man, Greg Monroe, the guy who we got out of the air. So Trey,
2: I didn't even know he was on the team. Did you I didn't know? I didn't know he was back with the bucks. It's so crazy how just everything comes back around to where he's on the bucks. And then bless was still looking for a team or whatever. But I, I honestly think that it's funny to see him in there and how uneffective he is really just against the Suns. It's just, that's what was kind of weird for me to how they're trying to match it. But it's a good point. You brought up for tape for film, that way they can watch it and see, like, what works, what doesn't work. So I didn't think of that.
1: And Brent, uh, Brendan Clean, who hosts the uh, Locked On Suns podcast, was tweeting, live tweeting throughout the game. And and one thing that he did in the first quarter, he said, JaVale's uh, defensive possessions on Giannis. Bucks turnover, a, middle, a Middleton pull-up three out of a pick-and-roll with Giannis. And then there was a foul, and Giannis, you know, free throws one for two. And that's what, you know, so it it was kind of cool to see how are the Suns trying to defend Giannis? Because when you have the bigs that the Phoenix Suns have now, when you have depth behind DeAndre Ayton, one, you can switch DeAndre Ayton off to play the four. In this case, it's Bobby Portis and you have JaVale McGee go ahead and take Giannis or and or you have the depth to continually be physical with him. And trust me, the Suns were throwing fouls at him all night long because then you have Bismack Biombo come in, and I think he ended with four or five fouls as well. But you made Giannis have to try to earn everything. And that's something that in the NBA Finals, when Game 3 came around, all of a sudden Giannis realized, realized like, shit, I don't need my teammates. I can just <laughs> pull, I can yeah. bulldoze down the lane every yeah. time. The yep. fouls that are being called are tic-tac. So they're not physical fouls that are taking him out of his game. Whereas tonight, there were some physical fouls. JaVale fouled him physically, tweaked his ankle a little bit. And it's like, guess what? You're going to come down the lane like a bat out of hell. You're going to get punished a little bit. And the Suns now have the depth to do that.
2: Yeah, And it's just the size, the size, and the size. You know, the, the worst part of last year when they would have to rest – there wasn't the size, there wasn't Nine. the defender, and no, no one's as good as Aiden, of course, defensively against Giannis or even an Embiid. But I mean, just that size that's there, the fouls that they're going to give up, that the way that um, Biombo just plays, just so hard, man, and he can recover kind of quickly against Embiid. And yeah, he had the four fouls, but I just feel like they were ticky tack. That's the way I think it is with Giannis now. I mean, even the eight and one at the end when he has hands up, and I knew they were going to call that a foul as soon as as soon as Giannis went right into him. I mean, that's what's going to be called all Mm -hmm. the time. And it's so funny because I keep thinking about just the future with the finals between these two again. And it's kind of weird, but honestly, everyone keeps saying it. So I guess we just have to speak it into existence and expect it to happen because I feel like it's going to happen.
1: Well, and obviously the landscape of the Eastern Conference train changed pretty drastically today. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But that being said, you know, This might not be the matchup, or it might be. I mean, I honestly uh, don't know, and I'm excited because there's so many possibilities out there. Uh, But with this game, you saw an opportunity to see if this is the matchup what it could be for the Phoenix Suns and how we've adjusted how James Jones has made the right moves this past off season to put the Suns in a successful opportunity. If that was to happen, uh, you know, you talked about Bismack Biombo. again, Brendan clean was tweeting out the second quarter possessions. And these were the second quarter possessions for Biyombo on Giannis. Uh, there was a turnover, a layup on a, an assist from Giannis, uh, a padded content, miss three, a Giannis miss two, a Giannis strip by PC. Or CP, I'm sorry, and then Giannis and one, and he missed the free throw. So even Bismack Biombo was playing him physical, and I mean you don't really think of Bismack Biombo playing physical, uh, but he was out there, and he had Cam Johnson playing the four. And again, the Suns are just so much bigger than they were last year, and you still have Torrey Craig now on the way. And again, the key to success, in my opinion, is you have to wear down Giannis. Physically, you have to push him off his spots. You have to throw some fouls at him. He's gonna end up shooting a ton of free throws. I mean, you look at tonight in typical Giannis fashion, 14 free throws. He went eight for fourteen. Did you notice how the crowd was counting at the beginning and then just they kind of stopped that?
2: Yeah, you kind of gotta stop that cuz he beat us in the finals when we were throwing that out there. So that's one thing that I don't ever want to relive. Uh again, is that counting down even when I was at the game, we were at the game. I'm like this is not working, dude. It's not working and he that's the reason they won the finals cuz he made his free throws, right? So Absolutely. I don't want to ever bring that back and hopefully it stops there. Hopefully next game we play them uh in the it would be in the finals, right? Cuz we only play them one more time, right? In Milwaukee and if we see him again here, it would be in the finals.
1: Yeah, exactly. So one more time in Milwaukee, as you mentioned. But yeah, the, the counting stuff, let it go. Didn't work last year. Let it. Don't go. think. It, let it go. Let it go. I think it's time to let it go. And kudos to the team. Or I'm sorry, the fans. They they did just that. They're like, you know what? We're just gonna go ahead and uh, let this go because it's not it's not working for us. Uh, obviously, it was a, a weird start to the game. It felt like the Bucks were being allowed to play physical and the Suns weren't. You know, you had Booker and Aiton both had two fouls in the first quarter. What were your thoughts? Because obviously, all over Suns Twitter, and it, it felt like it was kind of being refereed a weird way. Did you feel that at all, or do you even give a shit?
2: You know what, it does sucks because it's a good talking point. You wanna hear my response, and really is I don't give a crap at all about the whole fouls and stuff. Cause I I really don't just because I feel like the Suns have gone to a point to where they, they can seek out the fouls. I mean, you have the Chris Paul, Devin Booker's doing it too. Of course, you don't have the guys inside to really draw the fouls trying to get the and ones, unless it's like Mikael Bridges. I feel like Mikael Bridges or Cam Johnson are the only ones trying to go, after the, go into the paint, trying to draw the fouls at times. And it's very minimal. It doesn't happen a lot. So um, the foul thing, though, I kind of just moved on from because it doesn't bother me like a lot of people. It doesn't. And that's the one thing. Every time this is broadcasted on TNT or ESPN, these games – it's always just, you know, the fouls or you know, the broadcast itself and how bad it sucks, and how bad they don't know the suns. So <laughs> I just I don't really I'm sorry, the whole ref thing, I'm sure so says Jay out there. It's very upset because I really cannot care less about the officiating at at times. At times it can be pretty nasty. But when the Suns have a lead, when they're in the game, I just let it go, man. Yeah, it's you make like, you, like you
1: make you make like frozen and let it go. So I think that. My only issue with the refereeing tonight was how it affected Devin Booker. Devin Booker was definitely emotional in this game and was allowing the referees to get in his feelings a little bit. We saw that with the technical foul, which occurred on the third foul by Devin Booker, which was an offensive foul. Uh, you know, He did his typical, when it's time to hand the referee the ball and it's the referee who called the foul on him, he throws it across the court to give it to another referee. It's a Devin Booker's way of saying, fuck you. And they called it, you know, we thought initially it was going to be a delay game. It was a a technical foul on him. And you kind of look at his overall stat sheet tonight, and it was an off night for D-Book. Played the 34 minutes, went 6-for-19 from the field, 17 points, uh, 2-for-8 from deep, 7 assists. And correct me if I'm wrong, Matthew, and this, and I'll, I'll preface all this by saying, this is fantastic. Look at that final score. And our best player, one of our all-stars, had a shitty night. That's how great this team is. But do you feel recently Devin Booker is starting to take too many of those Trey Young-esque threes?
2: <sighs> yeah, I mean, that sigh probably says it all. So I think in the beginning of the game he did, he, he shot up two of them. Basically, it was right away, probably within the first three minutes of the game, he jacked up two of them. All right, that's... That's enough of that. I don't know what you're trying to do here. I know the crowds into it, the atmospheres behind him. I could tell like the energy's up, but he wants to get those shots off. He wants to get the crowd going even more. Um, I don't know if that's the thing. That's the reason why the shot taking from Booker hasn't been bad as of late. I think that, yeah, the ones that are two or three feet behind the line need to stop, but I love the more shots he takes. I, I'm always for it. Right. So, those ones are a little ridiculous it's kind of not his character and i think that's one thing though like after this game where him and even probably chris paul will have his input it's like hey you know lay off of those like there's no reason for any of that like you you can get your own shot anywhere on the court and if you want to run a screen or something and you know you can find yourself behind the line behind the line of scrimmage behind the line again to where you know it's a, it's an easier shot for you so i don't i'm sure they're looking at that too it's not something that i think will stick around at all
1: no, I, I hope you're right, and I hope there's, you know, that analytical side so of both of both he and Chris Paul uh, analyzes how he's been shooting some just super deep threes and not making them, because to your point, you know, these aren't, it's not like he's thrown up threes in desperation, it's almost like he's thrown up those Hail Mary threes that make for great highlights, and those are the ones, I mean, again, you, if you watch the 76ers highlights on ESPN after that game on Tuesday, the five highlights that they show one of them was dev booker hitting a super long three so those are the highlight plays and and dev booker doesn't have a ton of highlight plays because they're not going to every time you show one from him hitting the midi it's not the most sexy thing but it's the most effective thing right so he's i don't know if he's purposely doing that or not you know you look at kind of how he's played uh when it comes to shooting three just in like the past 12 games coming into this you know he's shooting 30 percent from beyond the arc so he's really fallen off. You remember the front end of this season, he was shooting almost forty percent. You know, Devin Booker in the last sixteen games had, or I'm sorry, last thirteen games, is shooting almost nine threes a game. That's very out of character for Devin Booker throughout his career. You know, the most he's ever averaged from beyond the arc uh, is seven point one in you know 2017 slash 18 on the season so far. He's matched that. So he's definitely – I mean, that's two more than he chucked up all last season. Uh, so, again, you know, it's it's okay. not the end of the world. We're winning without him doing this, and once those sh- shots start to fall, much akin to Jay Crowder, uh, we'll see good things again.
2: Yeah, I think so too. And he, simple as just he's been so hot from three to where I think they're just going to be around the eight or nine range attempts. And uh, the unknown says something, uh, Booker should look for DA more, especially when he drives to the paint. That's funny because I was thinking the same thing today. The way Chris Paul was finding DA tonight, like I just wish, it seems like something I've really never even mentioned this year yet. I feel like that was last year when I would bring up Booker being more of a distributor and finding a DA because he would just be so blind to him. He wouldn't be able to see... Any way to give him the ball, which makes no sense. So I wanted to see more of that than the threes, of course. But in a game like this, you know, try to get it to Da more. I mean, Da, fantastic.
1: Oh man, well, I mean, if we're going to talk Da, then he, we're going to definitely give him his drop, man. Hey, watch. This is Aiden. Watch and watching Aiden tonight was absolutely fucking fantastic. This is, in my opinion, his best game of the year. He. Hustled his ass off. Uh, there was at one point it was probably I think in the second quarter where he was out there and he was gassed, and it's because he was playing his ass off on both ends of the the court tonight. I mean, he ends with a game high twenty seven points, has seven rebounds, he's twelve for fourteen from the field, uh, and had a fantastic night defensively. Had a fantastic night relative to playing Giannis both on and off the ball, shot deterrence across the across the board uh DeAndre Ayton was unbelievably fantastic tonight man always shows up when he counts that's what Westville says it's so true
2: he does I mean and I mean he just expected now the way he was playing just running up and down the court he would appear on one end to the other like just like that he was ready to go um and what was good is he had the two early fouls in the first quarter so I'm like oh great here we go like Giannis is drawing the fouls against him but I mean, it wasn't an issue for him. It's it's the same stuff we're talking about, just like in the finals where he's twelve for fourteen. So if the Suns were to like end up losing this kind of game, which you know, I mean, playing as a team, that's the Suns. But it's more like, no, keep finding D. A. Chris Paul did a great job. What did he have? Seventeen assists tonight. Nineteen. Or Nineteen assists. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. That how, <laughs> how think dare my how dare you seventeen seventeen <laughs> assists, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the third quarter, they didn't let up with them. Like, they just kept find, finding him. Or, it was mostly Chris Paul just finding him, giving him the ball. The mismatches were always there. The alley oop, like we said in the beginning, the poster on Giannis. Like, yes. there's just a different look, a different feel to him to where he can get up. And then I think, it, what what was his name? Oh, yeah, Shaq. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There it is. For those said, watching, uh, we got the poster. That doesn't look like anyone's punking the Suns right there, right? That's Amen. <laughs> that's the Suns punking onto Takumpo. That's because he can get up for the moment, and we all know that as Suns fans now.
1: Yeah, and what was what were you saying about what Shaq said?
2: Oh, remember before when he was talking about how the Suns can be punked? Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I didn't see that tonight. There, I mean, this is a, yeah. this is a big game, man. It was like the Super Bowl of the NBA yeah. so far. It was. I mean, you have the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals rematch, and
1: the yeah. the Phoenix Suns were punking them. You know, it's like the He's on Fire podcast is who's watching along live. A great podcast to follow, hosted by Coach Evan B. Give them both a like and follow if you get a chance, Jamsters. Uh, we appreciate it. Good, good friend of the show. He says, "Pay that man everything." You know, yes. this is why. This is why. As we navigate this season, and you get the the cl- the you know the, the white noise, if you will, of well, Bismack Biombo and Jalen Smith and Javale McGee—they're playing great in this system. You know. It doesn't all work unless D.A. comes through in the playoffs, and that's what he does. And on the biggest stage, as you know, to your point, he's dunking all over Giannis, which, in my opinion, was a foul. If you go back and you watch that play, if that was Giannis on D.A., they would have called a foul. You know, that's the the, hand of the face, hand of the face. You know, so it should have been an and one as well. But it was just seeing him play the way that he did. And knowing that Giannis ended this game uh, with 18 points, 5 for 14 from the field, uh, and Of those 18 points, eight came at the free throw line. The Phoenix Suns and DA were pushing him off of his spots, not allowing him to do the things that he wanted to do. And he still does his freaky things, man. There's no doubt about it. Giannis is a hard player to hate, but you know what I did hate? I hate it when he needs DA in the balls, man. You leave DA's dick alone. (laughs) God damn it. DA's dong, you leave it alone. Yeah, Yeah, DA's (laughs) ding dong got ding dong.
2: Man. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the first time it's happened to DA. So welcome to the NBA, dude. (laughs) Yeah, you've been
1: been, been, nutted. Uh, You know, so Jay Crowder talked a little bit about him, but I did want to bring up the Mm -hmm. fact that, you know, you you see a lot of people talking about how his three-point shooting hasn't been there since he's come back from his wrist injury. Tonight, he went two for nine from deep, three from 11 overall from the field did have eight rebounds, did have 10 points. And if you look at all of his games leading up to this, since he's come back, he was one for five from deep. Then he was two for six, three for 10, three for seven, over five in his last one. But I'll tell you this, cold or not, I fucking love Jay Crowder. The presence that he gives this team, the way that he can get under the skin. I mean, he was the one who, he was the one tonight who was making Bobby Portis's eyes pop out of his head,
2: <laughs> yes.
1: right? He does those little things. Every personality on this team contributes to the hole. And the hole tonight is 131 points. It's all those little things. And I think that Jay Crowder, you know, again, we talked about a little bit on the last pod, how we don't give him his flowers. I'm giving his flowers right now.
2: All right. Well, I loved your tweet because right after I saw – or right before I saw that, I put in my notes. Starting the game 1 for 8 from – starting the game 1 for 8 from 3. Uh-huh. Starting the game – one that's just – thats and I still uh-huh. love him. I like know. You, start, you started the game 1 for 8 from 3 because I just don't know what's going to happen. If the that was Landry
1: of, Shamit, I would kill him.
2: I know. It's like – and plus, like, there's still more of the game. So you know he's going to hit another big three. So I just – I don't know, man. I just – I love everything he does. And what I love too is uh, I also love Deandre. We just talked about him, but I like how um, JaVel not Javel Crowder kind of, you got know, got underneath his skin, Porter yep. Portis, excuse me. And then uh, Aiden just finished it off, you know, and yep. talking a little shit. And then they got the technical. So Boop. they played well together there, man.
1: That's, but that's team getting under your skin. There it is. Fuck, yeah. Fuckery, if you will. So bees is in the chat and he's like, listen, I need a warden drop right now, Voida. Hit it. All right, man. You got it. Another warden drop.
2: The warden.
1: Mikhail Bridges, again, had a fantastic game tonight. Doing what he's been doing so well over recent games. And that's cutting. It's playing a lot of really good backside offensive basketball. Playing quality defensive basketball. Ended tonight 7-11 from the field, including 2-5 of from deep. Had 18 points, 2 steals, 2 assists. Of course, there was that savage uh, play that he had off of that amazing pass from Cam Johnson. And you take a look at the way that he's been playing over the last few games. And I mentioned this a little on the last pod. It's like we're starting to see kind of this consistent version of uh, Mikael Bridges. In his last seven games, not including tonight, he's averaging 37.8 minutes per night. Scoring 20.7 points, 5.7 rebounds, 35.3% from deep, and 95.5% from the free throw line uh, on three attempts a game. Mikael Bridges is really starting to become that Scottie Pippen-esque type of figure that we have been asking for, that we were asking for, especially when the majority of the players were out uh, with COVID, injured, he's finally starting to show up. And and the, I honestly think the reason he's starting to show up is during those games with COVID injuries, although he didn't necessarily exert himself offensively, he was gaining confidence in what he was doing. And now that all of his buddies are back, the starting fives back together, he's like, Hey guys, I can, I can, I can play too. And he's doing it. And that's why you put up 131 points.
2: Yeah. And sometimes like in this kind of situation, I would be like, you know, let's be careful. Let's not talk too much because before in the, in the, before to start the season, he started out this way in a, in a way he did not as good. He's kind of came, came back around and he's been even better, but now it's like, he's more emotional. Like I said, the last two games, like he just, he has a smile on his face. I don't think Chris Paul liked that in the third quarter. There was a smile on on Bridges, face and Chris Paul, the next possession was getting pissed. I don't think he was pissed at the rest I think he was pissed at his team because he's like, you guys got to chill out. We still got a lot, a lot longer to go in this game. Um, But he's, he's more emotional. He's more engaged. And him and Cameron Johnson, like just even that play that the, the uh, little thing that you just took, Mm -hmm. like those two together, when those plays happen, you think about the future and you think about how much better they're going to be. Together, even even better. Like it's insane because they don't get a whole lot of time to play together. Obviously, because one starts, one comes off the bench. But when those plays happen, they know each other so well. Them and Aiden, I'm telling you, they have like their own little triangle offense yeah. thing that they have going. It is beautiful. I want to see more of that.
1: And then you have the best backcourt in the NBA behind them. I mean, it's just like <laughs> it it's like insane. you know, I, I like it's tough because. I don't want to come off as like a fanboy podcast, right? Where we just sit around and we praise the the Phoenix Suns ad nauseum. But what they're doing right now deserves the praise. And Lord knows when they've sucked. And we've done this podcast when they've sucked. And we've talked about how bad they've sucked. We've earned these moments as podcasters. Am I right? Yes.
2: yes. That's <laughs> and, all and I want no, right? to do. I know, right?
1: I've been waiting for this. And what I think about when I see those kind of plays where DA gets a rebound it gets kicked around and Cam Johnson gets the ball and he dishes it to a cutting McHale and he gets an and one. I think homegrown. I think of all the drafts and all the times you and I have sat and had conversations about the the, the wrong pick, the Josh Jacksons, the Alex Len's, and th- that period of Phoenix Suns basketball and how in James Jones we've trusted and how he is delivered time and time again. And we'll talk about it momentarily when we talk about Tory Craig coming back. We all loved Jalen Smith for what he could have been. We were all questioning the draft pick right off the bat. Now the guy that he, we all wanted him to pick Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton, He's not with his team anymore. Jalen Smith's not with his team anymore. It's all a moot point. And what we got back in return is Torrey Craig, who's a fantastic veteran. Who's been a member of this team before. Uh, It's kind of like Frank Kaminsky. We let him go and he came back and he helped. So again, I don't want it to sound too fanboy but I think these are important moments and you know it's it's like Chris Paul said on the Old Man and the 3 podcast with JJ Redick who by the way Liked my tweet today. Did you see that? Oh, yeah,
2: I, I sent did. You a yeah, picture you of that. Send
0: me a picture. I, I was said, so excited to
2: dinner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel I... like he's going to come to dinner soon. Doesn't he feel like that close to organization where, yeah, like he just he, he's a fanboy? If anybody's a fanboy, it's JJ Redick right son's now. Amen, man. He he'll loves be over C. for dinner within. Ooh. I bet you the next year he'll be over having dinner with us. I just don't. I, I just i feel it. Yeah, I, I, don't think, know why. I
1: honestly think like I'm gonna have a Super Bowl party on sunday which i don't know if you're coming yet you're a maybe (laughs) but you should definitely come because jj medic jj reddick might show up i'm just saying (laughs) uh yeah i tweeted out this morning that this is one of my favorite days of the year it always is trade deadline day is one of my favorite days of the year and i go i go that's because at jj reddick i'm a sicko and then he liked Mm -hmm. my tweet and i was just like oh thanks jj bud
2: that's Um, awesome
1: um thomas dennett asks this question in the chat warden or matrix choose it's too early, right? Okay, good. Good. I don't have to choose. I'll choose when I want I'm when I'm good and ready. But he's going up there. Like, <laughs> see, it like what really got me though is like as he's walking off the court, he's smiling, laughing, and he goes up to campaign and he's saying something in his ear. And it's like the one thing that I love about Mikhail Bridges more than I do Sean Marion. And for those of you who don't know, Sean Marion's my favorite Phoenix son of all time. I love versatile mm-hmm. players who play defense, and he did everything but it's the relationship that Mikhail has with his teammates that gives him the edge over the matrix. So again, you're right. It's too early, but cause Sean Marion really, in my opinion, helped change the course of this franchise with his versatility and the way that he played basketball. And he played much bigger than he is and much more physical than he is. But still like that's, that's a tough question, man.
2: It is, and uh, I just remember the Matrix. You know, if he was talking up on the side, uh, and the, when they were actually—I don't know—maybe when they were benched two minutes a game, uh, they would just. I think someone used to always fart all the time. He used to always be like this. All the time. Yeah, he used to always remember do that. that. He used to yeah. always do that. I don't know if he was just laughing and talking or someone farted because he's all the time. But yeah, this exactly. team's chemistry is ridiculous. So. Yeah, but he was—he was
1: probably bullshitting. So, they—they yeah. uh, they talked a lot about how Cam Johnson plays multiple, all four positions outside of center tonight. Did Did you hear that?
2: Well, That's true though,
1: right? Well, he's only played point guard a little bit in the last game. It's the first time he really has. For the most part, we've seen him at a two, three, and a four, but mostly the three and the four. But man, it's like he spent, like, I bet you if you looked on his basketball reference page, it might say 1% of the time playing point guard. But that's all Kevin Harlan would talk about on the broadcast. Like, Cam, Cam Johnson, a guy who can play one, two, three, and four, passes the ball. And then he then makes that amazing pass to McHale, and you're like, Yeah, that was very point guard esque.
2: Oh, see, I thought it was two, three, four, and five. So I No, he, up no he was bit.
1: talking one through four.
2: Okay, well, I mean, he can play all five then, I guess, because we we said the last pot. I think he's a he's a tweener in between the tweeners like he just plays everything. So he was kind of when he said that I was like, oh, wow, someone did a deep dive on our podcast or just actually watches the Suns because he does basically anything the Suns ask.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I it was just it was that was but they get that right, but then they can't get the the fact that we lost to the Hawks right and they, they you know Miami. So <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever. Um what are your thoughts real quick? You know, kind of looking mm-hmm. a little bit at the Bucks right now. Obviously, this is a team that uh got better, I feel today. I feel low-key, both the them and the Suns made moves that really do a good job complementing their organizations. Uh Dante DiVincenzo's out, uh, and they end up in a huge deal which we'll go over some trades here momentarily Uh, but they picked up Serge Ibaka what are your yeah. thoughts on that because you're a Serge guy right
2: yeah I think he was one of the guys the past few years that I wanted the Suns to go after especially last year he was one and you liked him too I think Um, but he of course right I wrote now a piece he's on him yeah yeah I do remember that um, it's a good pickup for them, I think they need it right. I mean, it's something where you even saw tonight where size is like something the Suns have now, kind of over the Bucks, and they so don't, now, <laughs> they, yeah. Now they kind of they just, they just My, have the table. You can tell turned. when Giannis is out, yeah. You can kind of tell when Giannis is out, or even tonight, you can kind of miss him tonight. He wasn't really there all the whole game, but uh, it's a good pickup, I think it's definitely what is needed, and uh, it's kind of like I don't know if it's a if it's something like they're comparing themselves against the Suns, like, Oh man, if we play this team again, maybe we need more size or no, something the, the, the Sixers, athletes. the Sixers, the Sixers. Yeah. I yeah. Know,
1: but Andre Drummond, he's terrifying, but, uh, I was, but, yeah, say, I mean, I was like, Ooh. but Robin Lopez is out. And obviously when they have Robin, Robin Lopez in next to Giannis, it's a completely different team because the way that Robin Lopez yeah. plays is he's really good on the boards and he's a great shot deter and block and shot blocker, but he also stretches the floor on the offensive end, which allows Giannis to, navigate that space productively like he's the perfect kind of big that you would like to put next to obviously Giannis which kudos to their general manager for doing that but like in New Orleans as well like that's the perfect compliment to a Zion somebody who can play defense that can help Zion and then can play offense away from the ball and then stretch the floor so Zion can navigate so Serge Ibaka gives them more depth there especially when they come back because you do have to go against if you want to if you want to win the East it's going to be the Nets or the Sixers, you know, and, and the Bulls, you don't, know? the Bulls got a long way to go because they don't have the size. Vucevic ain't what it is. Uh, and he, he would get dominated by Embiid. So I think that that's a good move for them to go deep. Uh, seeing Grayson Allen give a, get started today. Fuck that guy. Am I right?
2: Yeah. I think so says Jay actually tweeted out something about, I think he hates like him so much. Five, so five funny. hours before the game started, but he's like, uh, <laughs> he can, <laughs> i don't know if i can repeat what he said (laughs) without laughing so something about just he can fuck himself out of this out of phoenix already (laughs) something like Uh, that
1: yeah yeah that's and grayson allen he's he's a special dude dude uh pat connington looked like he broke his hand tonight fractured his fourth yeah. meta- they always say like metacarpal it's like just say finger dude like i get it uh mm. but he was swiping at the ball broke his finger that obviously is a big hurt for that team because he's one of the people who stretches the floor and is one of their shooters uh so you know obviously hope that he gets better um but it's unfortunate to see that and you know that's what happens and that's one of my fears almost in this game is we saw it against the warriors when when the suns played the warriors that game was so intense i feel like i forget who it was but somebody got injured in that game for the suns because they're playing at such a high level of basketball tonight was high level basketball for the first like three quarters. It really was. And it was really intense. And, you know, again, you just, whenever though you play these types of games, you just hope that you come out the other side with a a full squad intact. Am I right?
2: Yeah, you do. And also towards the end of the game, you saw like, you know how they almost blew it against the bulls where it was a close game. You can see how they kept their starters in the game a little bit longer just to make sure they had that lead because, Honestly, I mean, if Alfred Payton had that one good game. Then now it's it's looking like you know we have uh, the holiday guy coming over, Aaron Holiday. <laughs> Aaron Holiday, you know, he can't get here soon enough. Like that's what Espo said on Twitter. Because it's just like you can't, you just can't have him in these kind of games. You got to have him because Chris Paul needs the rest, but also he just can't perform in a way to where he can you know contain a lead like a like Cameron Payne. So as soon as we get him, maybe he can help out a little bit there, but hopefully Cameron Payne comes back quicker because we need the rest. We need to make sure that we can have Cameron Payne come in with five minutes left in the game or four minutes left. And we have the 22 point lead that he can just hold it down, you know? And that's what they're so scared about right now at the end of these games, or that's where I'm worried that they're going to get hurt. When the bucks put in their bench and then the Suns still have their starters yeah, out there. True, it's like, true. That's, that's when I'm like, you know what? This can get ugly, It can get ugly really quick. So no. uh, hopefully they can figure that out soon
1: a very very good point and to the Alfred Payton point it was really interesting tonight in the third quarter with the Suns up 14 points to see hack a Bismack and then hack a Payton yeah that was an interesting strategy that Budenholzer went to why do you think he did that so early is that like a desperation move is this is it a psychological
2: move like why why would they do that the only thing with the Payton thing that I thought the the reasoning behind that is because um he's the only guard we have behind Chris Paul. So it's like, so either we're gonna foul him, he's gonna miss these free throws, or else you gotta bring in Chris Paul. You gotta bring him back in or have someone else go out there. But he's the only guy to replace Chris Paul right now. So it made sense for that piece. The Biombo thing, not too sure. I mean, it's just something to kind of slow things down, right? Switch up the momentum. I think that's really what it does. Yeah, I
1: think that the the end goal was they were trying to take the Suns out of their free-flowing game, try to steal, if you will, about five points, get it down to like a nine-point game. And then, because you could see at the back end of that quarter that uh, uh, Giannis really kind of went to fuck my team, I'm just going to drive mode. And if they had done that with nine points versus a 14-point deficit, maybe that would get them down to five. And then obviously on the fourth quarter makes it much more attainable. Uh, but Alfred Payton you know a 62% career free throw shooter didn't know that didn't realize that and that's why the addition of Aaron Holiday is such a great addition by the Phoenix Suns cuz he's a career 82% free throw shooter he's somebody who you're not going to do any of those strategies against but it was interesting to see them pull that shit out in the third quarter and that's when I knew we had this game won cuz i knew right there we were in their head and they had to resort to some Greg Popovichian strategies and when he used to do hack a shack when we had Shaq on the Phoenix Suns that's what you have to do to try to win this game if that's the case and it's the third quarter we know we got your number Mm
2: Yeah, definitely, and we did bring up campaign, and someone uh, Thomas Dennett said campaign spinning knowledge on hot mic interview. Yeah, I heard about so, that. Yeah, you did hear about that? Yeah, so I just had to throw that out there because I thought it was pretty hilarious.
1: Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, <laughs> campaign went into a Twitter space after the Lakers lost to Portland last night and was pretty much saying the Suns are the best in the East and something or other. It's like, dude,
2: that's in the world. I, I,
1: I love you for doing that campaign, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, we haven't you won shit not. yet. I don't yeah. think he knew
2: it was recorded. I don't know if he knew he was like live because after they were like telling him that he's like, all right, never mind. Like, like we
1: got to get that dude back who's so focused them. on basketball. He's not going to Twitter Spaces. Am I right?
2: Yeah, you don't want to wake up those dudes.
1: No, don't. You don't want to wake up anyone. You don't want to. That might not fuel the Lakers. It might fuel somebody else. So you. And it's not the
2: son's that. way to go about things at it's
1: all. It's Not exactly. Yeah. It's not the yeah. son's way.
0: Jam star of the game.
1: All right, Jamsters, if you're watching along live on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up button down below and please comment in the chat. Let us know who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I'll allow you to lead off on this one. In fact, you know what? I, I think I'm going to lead off on this one.
0: Point
1: we haven't talked too much about Chris Paul tonight, but his way of navigating and slicing up the defense was on. Beautiful display tonight. 17 points, 5 for 11 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep, 7 for 7 from the free throw line, and 19 assists. A 17 and 19 for the point god. Yes, DeAndre Ayton had a great game. And anyone who's saying DA in the chat right now is Correct. But I will give this one to the point, God, because I think that what he did to get this entire team engaged again, that's how you end with 131 points against the defending world champions is by having the guy who could slice and dice this team apart by a million cuts. I said it right this time, unlike last podcast. Uh, so I'm going with him. Who are you going with, Matthew.
2: You know, yeah, well, really quick on Chris Ball, just like he was combing everyone's leg hairs tonight, right, with the ball out there. Combing their leg hairs. Honestly, for me, my legs, I don't have any hair on my legs for some reason, so everyone thinks I shave my legs. But he he was so beautiful tonight with those passes. Uh, But the best part was when he got upset, I think, at his team for like Mikael was smiling looked like they were kind of just blowing it on defense. And he got back into him to make sure, you know, you got to focus because everything can get away from you that quick. So that was my favorite part. But I'm going to go with D.A. tonight. It was just D.A. is the guy whenever they ask or like, who's the guy the Suns can get again? Same thing this year or same thing as last year. Who's the guy that can put them that the Suns can maybe trade for getting the buyout to help them. It's like, none of that matters. DA is the guy that will take us to the finals and win it. If he plays this way and he goes up another level and he went up another level tonight, he looked way better than he did last year. Like not way better, but he went up another notch for sure. You're
1: definitely seeing a more complete game from him. Uh, It's good to see his feet completely under him. Uh, We knew that over the past few games that he was in the process of doing that. And it kind of culminated tonight again, 27. It's funny because I was looking to see what his, uh, career high is 33 points in a game in his rookie year against the Denver nuggets. Remember that game?
2: Mm-hmm. I you do. And I
1: were, you and I were sitting like fourth row center court for that game. And he had 24 mm-hmm. and a quarter. Remember that we were at yeah. that game. It was yeah. amazing. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, this he... is the future of the franchise. Holy shit.
2: Well I don't think we were we were actually back in the Blue Moon Lounge. Yeah, we? well we we, yeah.
1: we saw half of the quarter and we went to the Blue Moon Lounge <laughs> for free beers. Uh but yeah, that's yeah. uh that was his career high. So he had 27 a night. So he was 5 shy of it. But uh I was really hoping like I want a DA 40 burger so bad. Oh my god, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting. I know for I'm starving. Ugh. Thoughts. Of- um brains? So obviously a ton to talk about around the NBA. That's typically when we do the our thoughts segment today being the trade deadline, the huge stories around the NBA. We'll talk about the big trades here momentarily. Uh, We did do a jam session short earlier today, talking about the Tory Craig trade back to the the Valley of the sun, as well as Aaron holiday joining the team. Uh, But, you know, for those of you who missed that our boy is back. Yes. The juice is back. So, and for anybody who's new to the podcast, and you go, Why, whenever John and Matthew talk about Tori, because you're going to see this drop a lot because Tori Craig earns it. Whenever the, the reason why we call Tori Craig the juice is because last season when he joined the team uh, prior to the trade deadline and we watched him play, we just said, Tory Craig, whenever he comes on the court, he brings the juice. He's kind of that player who isn't all the way to like a Lou Amundsen kind of. Energy player, but there's a fluidity to his game. He looks a little bit like Tupac, so I'll allow it. Uh, and that's kind of why we call we call him the Juice. Uh, we're probably the only place you'll hear that. But it was so <laughs> great today. It was so great today when uh, the it was announced and people were hitting us up at, at Sun's Jam on Twitter and just you know, hey, the Juice is back. Like the Jamsters know the Juice, and it was just like, ah, oh, yes, our little the, our little Jamster following is a big fan of the Juice, and it's great to have him back, man.
2: Yeah, one of these days Kevin Harlan will announce um oh juice is in for Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson, the guy who plays two through five or one through five. <laughs> he'll he'll call him the juice and we'll we'll be like, wait, 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 isn't that just a jam session kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, it's gonna spread, man. And to have him back, it's just it's crazy. These things happen where right now as a Suns fan, where you you want McGee, you want Juice to come back it's going to happen like they just they know what the fans want they give the people what they want and we're very happy for it dude i just i can't wait to see him in uniform i wish it was tonight because it's so funny I how we're playing the bucks because it would have worked out perfectly
1: oh i know going against the team that he'll en- end up getting a ring with because he, he did, played for yeah. the half of the season yeah. uh, i am interested again as we mentioned on the jam session short to see what number he's going to wear because ish wainwright currently wears number 12 the same number that he wore last year i know i'm stupid but every time a new member joins the Phoenix Suns, I'm always excited to see what their jersey number is. I would love for him to wear 21 because I think 21 looks so, very good on a Phoenix Suns jersey, uh, especially those Valley mm-hmm. jerseys. Would look really nice. So, so we'll see. So uh, obviously you have that. You have Jalen Smith leaving as part of that, a second round pick leaving as a part of that. Uh, again, thank you for your service here, Jalen Smith. Your efforts this season were just good enough to bring back the juice, so we appreciate that. And then the other side of the transaction, you know, we talked about it on our jam session. Short, we didn't know what the other, uh, what the outgoing um, transaction for... was for Aaron Holiday. So, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure the the Jamsters in the chat will do so if, because I probably am wrong. But the Suns, the trade for Tory Craig, they sent. The second round pick and Jalen Smith to Indiana for Jalen, or I'm sorry, for Torrey Craig and cash considerations. And then when they with the Wizards who did a fire sale that we'll talk about here momentarily, the Wizards sent Aaron Holiday to the Suns for cash considerations, and the Suns also received the uh, the I forget the name of it's the something player exception. Essentially, it's for an injured player and because Dario Sarch hasn't played at all this year, they got a certain amount of money recouped to their budget because the player has been at, uh, out all year. I know that they've applied for that. So essentially, they got
2: Aaron Holliday kind of for free. Am I right? Yeah, they did. After all of that, you explained it perfectly. But basically, yes, it's a, uh, just a solid trade for a guy that we got for free. And I Yeah, feel like just like Tory Craig last year exactly yeah yeah so i mean there there were times in the past where james jones would trade some a uh, piece here or there that probably didn't need to go but nowadays he's doing a better job and even back then i defended him maybe because i'm just a Suns fan but i liked what he did back then when he would just give away a player or two or a pick when he didn't need to but it's all worked out it's, it's they, everything is just working out great
1: thank you Scheinbach, and thank you crazy luigi uh dis- Disabled player exception. So essentially you get money back. So they use that money to go get Aaron Holiday. Uh Unfortunately for the Phoenix Suns, they have to, because that puts them over 16 players on the roster, they had a bid adieu to Abdul Nader. So Abdul so he Nader, did go.
2: That wasn't fake? That they, wasn't yeah, fake news?
1: Okay. No, that wasn't fake news. They waived him today uh because of that. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this for... Mm-hmm. Stints at the beginning of the season, I classified myself. I said, hey, I'm officially a Nader hater because I was not a fan of the way that he was playing. Uh, For those of you who watch this podcast for a long time, you know I was a big fan of Abel Nader last year. I thought he was the only member of this team who attacked the basket and actually got the Suns to the free throw line. And I had a whole article called Play Like Nader on bright side of that I wrote because I thought that his energy is something that the rest of the Phoenix suns should mimic and try to play like. Uh, so thank you duly for your service this year. It, it sucks to see you go, especially considering you're injured and we didn't get to have numerous more podcasts being pissed off about how <laughs> you're, you, can't finish, yeah. rim,
2: yeah, you right? can't finish at the rim. He can't finish
1: at the rim. He got there, but he couldn't finish. So, but yeah, yeah, pyramid as I hate Janston says, pyramid poppy is gone.
2: And who even remembered he was still on the team? No one. No but one.
1: we'll remember these new guys. So, again, bringing in Tory Craig, bringing in Aaron Holiday, what you did. Oh, and I saw something on Facebook. Man, Sun's Facebook. If you're watching on Sun's oh, Facebook, geez. we love you. But the rest yeah. of Sun's Facebook is like something is wrong in their head. There's definitely a few neurons that aren't firing correctly, if you know what I'm saying. Because somebody's like, oh, great trade, James Jones. Now we who's going to be our backup four slash five? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? What the Suns did today? I'm like, wait, is, who is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's our three, center. I'm like, we wait, wait, three centers. we got three centers. We got Cameron Johnson. Now we got Tory Craig, who adds versatility to the three and four, yes. and can play small ball five. Cameron Johnson can play everything, apparently, according to uh, Kevin Harlan. And now you add more guard depth behind your point guard position. Now, granted, if you think about your point guard position, now goes Chris Paul, uh, campaign. Now it's going to be Aaron Holiday, and then Alfred Payton. So I'm actually kind of surprised that Alfred Payton was not the one who was waived. And I think the only reason he wasn't waived is because we needed him tonight because we still have points. We needed to him to play tonight.
2: That. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's the one thing, too. So he'll probably be the guy that just doesn't get any more minutes the rest of the year. So mm-hmm. uh, Cameron Payne, though, I mean, maybe he uh, they got the Aaron Holiday thing after Cameron Payne let loose all those comments on the Lakers. You know, they probably want to hide him now. Right. For a little bit longer because of the Yeah, things he they said. can. Who knows?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. When you go talk and shit on uh, Lakers. Yeah, it's like, faces, okay, we got your hosting, it's like, OK, no. <laughs> yeah. But again, this allows campaign to take as much time as he needs. Uh, and and a great point yeah. by some of the jamsters are Wainwright made Nader unnecessary, which Good is crazy point. to say, but it's true. He's yeah. like, he played a lot more physical. And uh, again, uh, I think he, he knew his role a little bit better because Nader, when he did play, obviously he's been injured for a long, long time. Uh, but when he did play, he was—I—I I said this earlier in the year. He's like Kelly Oubre, but he couldn't finish, because you throw him the ball and he's like, "I gotta run to the rim. I gotta do something." Like he yes. saw it, it's his chance to put up a shot. When that's not always a role, and I, I saw it. there was a great play tonight. You know, Ish Wainwright got the ball, pumped fake the three, realized that the defender was closing on, but like you know what, I'm gonna pass out of this. Dooley would have shot that or driven. So it's a wasted possession there. So Ish Wainwright knows his role more, I—I th- I think, than Abdul Nader does.
2: Yeah, and honestly, uh he Wade Ray, seriously, he's been a guy where before he would stick out. Now he's really just blending himself into the offense. It's not even like a really, really good thing. It's just he's just he's finding his way within the offense. I mean, he had the steal tonight where he just held back. He kept his balance, grabbed the ball, started a fast break. But he's just he's doing he's not doing too much out there. And like he just he he's blending into where you don't notice him in a good way. And I love that. Cause that's what a lot of these guys do with the sons when they come in here, like they stick out like a sore thumb. Sometimes you're like, Oh, whatever. Like a shamet or a Nader, but Nader and Shamit, Like they're, they took too long. They just, they weren't, they weren't able to adjust Facts. at all. They stick out way too much, but Wayne Wright figured it out. He figured it out so quick. So that you have to give him props for that for sure.
1: Absolutely. And again, that's the key to success on this team is know your role. Jabroni. And sometimes Nader didn't know his role. So, again, uh, enough about the Suns trade. Matthew, we're at the 55 mark. You ready to talk about some some trades? Yeah. All right, so looking at some trades, I'm going to start with one that happened a little bit late yesterday. Uh, Thomas Tomas, I'm sorry, Tomas Sadoransky goes to the Spurs via Portland. He was traded uh, from the Bulls, I think, or the Pelicans, the Pelicans, uh, the day before. He goes, this is a, uh, I'm sorry, this is a three-team deal where the Jazz get Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who was just traded from the Pelicans, uh, Wancho Herman Herman Gomez uh, from San Antonio. The Blazers get Joe Ingles. That's the big name. Injured Joe Ingles out for the rest of the year, I believe. Uh, Blew out his knee, but he's going to the Blazers. Elijah Hughes goes to the Blazers. A pick goes to the Blazers. And the Spurs got Tomas Sadaransky and a second-round pick. Uh, any thoughts on that trade outside of the fact that Thomas Sadaransky is like the perfect spur and it sucks because Joe Ingles is out for the year.
2: No, you know what? Uh, the only thing is Joe Ingles. I feel like he's going to turn into the new Rubio where I feel like he's going to be traded around a lot to like younger teams and stuff and kind of help mm. out that way and move on year to year to year. That's it really. That's, that's what I got from it. So
1: I can definitely see that he's a veteran. He's a international player. And yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, the magic land, Bowl Bowl and PJ Dozier from the Celtics. So PJ Dozier and uh, Bull Bull via Boston go to the Magic, and the Celtics got a twenty twenty three second round pick, and there's cash considerations and a future second round pick in that one. So no big one. Uh, I forgot was PJ Dozier. I don't remember him being on Boston.
2: Yeah, I don't remember that either, man.
1: Okay, so no no big one there. Uh, here here's one that will echo with Suns fans: uh, the Raptors trade Goran Dragic. Dragic I say mm-hmm. it's Dragic? Right? I always get that name wrong. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I <was> <laughs> fucked it up for fucking a decade. Uh, but the Spurs get Goran Dragic, who's most likely going to be a buyout candidate. Sounds mm-hmm. like they're they traded him to buy him out, and they traded Thad Young to the Raptors as well as Drew Eubanks, and a couple picks were involved on each side. Okay. Uh, your thoughts on this trade?
2: Um, those are my thoughts. Yeah, but Thad Young. It's funny how <laughs> how much you know. Our whole season revolved around this guy, right? Yes, and now he's for, Literally place. from the off season. Yeah, yeah, but now he's going to the Raptors. Like, who knows how that's going to help anything there? But he—he he was just a dude that we kind of wanted. I mean, it was something, and this—this this is why I'm so glad the trade deadline is done with. So yeah, we that, that's stop what I was talking gonna, about. Trades, amen. And dude, we can stop looking at these players and thinking amen. about. It's just it's over with, and maybe that's the but reason why Eden to... was to show up tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe he, that bothers him sometimes with this trade stuff. So I'm just glad it's over with, man.
1: I until we still have all the buyout conversations we have to have, right? We do, but that's <laughs> yeah. fun though. That's that's. Yes. I think
2: that's more fun. Yes, no but again,
1: Goran Dragic, Thad Young, two players who have definitely been targets of Suns trades and Suns Twitter talk, and especially Thad Young forever. Uh, ultimately, it is Thad Young going to the Raptors, and again, I think it was after we played the Spurs that I completely fell out of love with him because I realized his the versatility did not exist, uh, and obviously, Torrey Craig is much better than that. Uh, the, again, the Suns deal for Aaron Holiday—that's for cash considerations. Uh, we get—I already talked about the Suns trades. All right, here's an interesting one: Ish Smith and Vernon Carey go to the Wizards. Mm-hmm. And the Hornets get Montrell's Harrell. Yeah. What do you think of that one? Because I absolutely <laughs> love that for the Hornets. I've mentioned this before. The Hornets are one of those teams that, outside of the Suns universe, I pay attention to. And mm-hmm. I think that does nothing but fortify their bench energy. It's a high-energy team to begin with. And now you got Montrez Harrell there. I love that for them.
2: I did too. And it's another guy, too, I've always really liked. Um, I Maybe I kind of put him up on a pedestal more than what he should have been uh received as because you me he's a, both i know and like it's so funny how years go by and you're like oh, okay maybe i was a little off on this guy but i guess he could be one of those dudes that i love too much i'm like okay good thing the suns didn't get him because everything else worked out so well but it's perfect i mean the hornets always now are grabbing these dudes the high energy uh the high flyer i mean he's not really a high flyer but he can get above the rim he can uh, the offensive rebounds he's always owning the boards down there. I just I love seeing the Hornets get better because it all started out with, you know, LaMelo Ball, but even yeah. before that, I mean Gordon Hayward, yeah. it's just they're pulling something together there. So they have to keep building, and that's what's so good about seeing this is because they're they're continuing to pro- to progress into a positive way. I, I just think that they the with the LaMelo Ball getting into the All-Star game, which is great. I love Which is that. awesome. You're yeah, it, it's, absolutely It is it's well deserved. Um I just I like that this team has a chance to really kind of just dip their toes in the water this year in the playoffs and then get better after that. And they're an Eastern Conference team, so I feel like I can talk this way about them. Yeah, they've absolutely. always been my horny hornets, and I've always loved them. <laughs> I was just about to say, man, the the thing about the horny the hornets, hornets is they always grab players that I love. They got yeah.
1: Kelly Oubre, who I love. They got Metros Harold now, who I love. Uh, I'm a big fan of who Miles Bridges is becoming. I'm a huge fan. You and I were both a huge fan of LaMelo Ball coming out of the draft. Their their colors are fire. They're owned by Jordan. So uh, good on them. I think that was a good transaction for them. Uh, I hate... Danston in, in the chat says, can we pick up Goran or does he still hate the Suns?" So Goran Dragic, again, the rumor is he will be bought out and they've named different teams as members or, or as, as organizations who'd be interested to include like the Clippers, uh, the Warriors and some other uh, contending teams. What do you think about Goran? Uh, Cause this will be the topic of conversation now until the buyout market. I think it's two we- two or three weeks until the buyout market yeah. kind of officially goes live. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Goran Dra- Dragic? joining the Suns again.
2: You know what? I never really thought about him coming back to Phoenix at all. I mean, I, a lot of people are talking about it, but it's nothing where I, I pictured him being back on the Suns. You know, I just mentioned it before. A lot of these guys, you can just look at and be like, you know what? He might be a son. Juice coming back makes sense. Gordon to me does not. Um, I just, I think that even like an Eric Gordon, that guy, that's something that maybe we can pick out in the bio. If he gets bought out, you know, that's a guy that I think they can focus on. Um, but I never thought Gordon Dragic would be a good fit back here in Phoenix.
1: No, I'm in the same boat. Now it's like, I don't know if necessarily he hates the Suns, but I just don't think that this team is designed for him to be successful. I think that he's a little too ball dominant. He's a little too old. And yeah, maybe you do have, and, and this is something that we'll definitely navigate and go through over the next couple of weeks. But I just don't see it. I think Aaron Holiday was, they were going to make a play for a guard. And if a buyout candidate does happen, if Eric Gordon becomes a buyout candidate, then we have a, a very different uh, conversation there. Uh, looking at other trades, there, the big four-team trade was between the Bucks, the Clippers, the Kings, and the Pistons. Uh, some notable Ooh. names in that. Uh, as we mentioned, Serge Ibaka is going to be a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. The Clippers yeah. got Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. The Kings got Dante DiVincenzo, Trey Lyles. Josh Jackson is now a member of the Sacramento
2: Kings. Matthew, thoughts? Wow. I mean, uh, no. No thoughts, (laughs) but. (laughs) I love it. It just reminds me. I just think about the draft. I just think about how the Kings picked right before the Suns, right? They got. Now now, now they got Fox and they got got Fox. And I wanted both of them. Oh, maybe we could trade up and get both these guys, right? Um, But now they're just, they're in paradise over there with the Kings. And I actually watched them uh, last night. I think it was last night. You know some bonuses, uh, homecoming. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that. That's down the
1: street from me, man. I'm not too far, yeah, from the Kings dude, Arena. I want to uh, go see a game. Again. He, uh,
2: they look no, no defense, they're playing Minnesota, of course. No defense at all, so it but was they won. To watch. yeah. And Fox, you know, the the one thing you always hear about him, he can't finish games, he can't lead his team to a victory. That's exactly what he did last night. So Blaze yeah, Megatron, he's player. Kingsiest looks play Kings play ever, yeah.
1: He Josh Jackson would look good in a Kings uniform. And the last part of this four team trade was the Pistons received Marvin Bagley the third, yeah. So Marvin Bagley is on the move, he's with Detroit.
2: Thoughts on that? It's where everyone goes to rebuild their career, right? I always feel like there's always those big guys, it's like, oh, maybe <laughs> just like Josh Jackson. Piston. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe these guys can go over there and just start something over there. You know, spend a few, spend a few seasons over there. And maybe get your max contract or something. After that, who knows, dude? Because that's the way I feel like the Pistons are right now.
1: It'll be interesting. I mean, the piss So it's funny when all these trades were going on. It was right at lunchtime. Uh, it's noon Pacific time. It was one o'clock Arizona time. So I went on Twitter spaces. I went to go get lunch at like Chipotle and I went on Twitter spaces just to hear people talking on the SB nation one. And then I follow Lazarus Jackson, who's a beat writer for the the Pistons. He came on the podcast uh, when we got yeah. Langston Galloway and we had him on the podcast about Langston Galloway at the beginning of last season. So I still follow him and he was hosting a Twitter space and it was like, what was it called? Like Pistons uh, therapy session. And they were talking about the Pistons and like I I went in there and I was listening because I like to hear the state of other franchises. And they were just like, dude, we got Marvin Bagley. It's like, oh, (laughs) and they were just because because in the eyes of Pistons fans, they have Jeremy Grant and they wanted to dish Jeremy Grant and get some assets for him because they know they're at the bottom of the NBA. They need some more assets. And they were just like, instead of getting rid of Jeremy Grant, they got Marvin Bagley. I mean, they don't care that they lost. They don't care that they lost Josh Jackson. You know, they don't care that they lost Trey Lyles. Uh, and they don't care that they lost, you know, a, a pick uh, a, or two second round picks. But the fact that they gave up all that and they only got Marvin Bagley, I think they were a little frustrated with. So, <laughs> so there you go. Um,
2: Yeah. And we're talking about all these former sons. Yeah. Where's Marquise Chris at? You know. God, where is he? Uh, he signed a deal was, with Dallas. He's with Dallas. Dallas. He, he, was they Dallas? Because actually... I just saw him the other night. So it must yeah, have been well, Dallas.
1: Yeah. So what they did with him is... He signed a 10 day contract with Dallas and they actually paid him, I think, like a two year deal or something not for a ton of money, but he's oh, okay. in Dallas, uh, with Luka Doncic, who scored 51 points. And my understanding is, uh, after the Suns game and how they whooped up on the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, the post game, and everybody's leading off with Luka in his 51 night, like go fucking figure, whatever, Luka. Uh, but we're about to get into a trade with his team because the Mavericks definitely made some moves today. Uh, Let's see if I can pull up one of those Mavericks trades. I'll talk about, let's talk Mavericks because we're on it right now. So the Mavericks send Kristaps Porzingis to the Wizards. They get Spencer Denwitty and Davis Bertans. What do you think about that, man? The unicorn, the zinger, he gone. It's almost like Lucas scored 51 tonight because he was so happy that Porzingis was gone.
2: That never just, it never worked out. Right from the it. start, it just you could see it. I mean, you could feel it that they obviously cannot work well together. I don't know if that's like a Luca Doncic thing, but I think it's more of a Porzingis thing, too. He still I thinks think so. he's the number one. So he's exactly. going to thrive over there with the Wizards, right? Like, I'm the number one white dude. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. Bertans and Dimwitty, I don't know what you're going to get with these dudes. I think Bertans is just not that good, honestly. And maybe if he's in a different situation, it'll help. I mean, how many wide-open threes has he missed? I mean, how how terrible is he just on defense? Like, I don't understand what the dude really does. Uh Dimwitty's a guy that the Suns were looking at in the past, maybe two years ago, remember? I always remember Gamble's like, I hey, got Dimwitty. I'm like, who the fuck's Dimwitty? Oh, we might get him? Okay, maybe I like him because we'd even have Rubio back then. I'm like, sure, I'll take Dimwitty. But now he's traded over to the Mavericks. Maybe it's a guy that could play next to Luca at the point guard position, even though Luca's a point guard. I don't know what they're doing over there, dude. But... I just think they got worse, or maybe they didn't because Borzingis is not going to be buzzing around Luca anymore. You know what I mean? Like a little pesky fly that I feel like Luca treated him like that. I
1: think I think what this was, in my opinion, and I, I got to look at the contracts because we know that Davis Bertans has a really shitty contract. I think it was what? He does. Four or five years, I 80 think million. Both
2: combined are like 40, 43. Okay, so,
1: so, and then I'd have to see how long Spencer Dinwiddie's contract is. But I almost feel like, to your point, Matthew, this is addition by subtraction. Christoph's Porzingis and Luca, as much as they tried, didn't work. And I don't know that as if Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie are the answer right now. But you took one asset, Kristaps Porzingis, and you split it into two assets. And you can take those two assets at the end of the season and then do something with those assets to do something to ultimately put the right pieces around Luka. I think that's what the Mavis are thinking, because with Kristaps Porzingis and Luka, you have so much money tied up in those first two players. You know that Jalen Brunson is going to be an asset who I believe uh is coming up on a contract he's the same year as bridges so he sh- he probably received an extension this uh past year i i didn't look it up uh, i could look it up but i'm one too many ipas in right now so i'm not going to but i think that that's what the mavericks are thinking it's not a win right now trade this is a win next year or the next year because now that we have luca locked up we have to start thinking three years out and we got to do that by taking the christoph forzingis experiment which did not work uh, they don't have a ton of draft picks And they have to take their assets and try to spin those into other things. So I think that's why they ultimately went forward with this one.
2: Yeah, me too. So understood, dude. Oh, is this the the big the big one? Huh? No, up? no,
1: I'm not there yet. I'm oh. almost there. Uh, a couple little small ones. Daniel Tice is going back to the Celtics, <laughs> <laughs> which right. I can't wait. Ben, ben or Bill Simmons is going to hate that shit.
2: Oh, you know Ryan Rossillo. He, he he's the one that talks about Tice all the time. Yeah. I can't believe he went, he's came back to the. Celtics, I've
1: really man. warmed up to the Ryan Rossillo podcast, man. That's like yeah, one of my good. my go tos, man. It it's really good. is. Really uh, good. Yeah, he. Yeah, I'd he love to hang out with you. that dude. Yeah, I'm yeah, like
2: I just say he's basically you
1: <laughs> a bald white guy who sometimes talks a little too much. Uh, but Daniel Tice going back to the Celtics, the Rockets in the deal get Enos Freedom, who they waved right away. Bruno Fernando and Dennis Schroeder. So Dennis Schroeder, the guy who's bet on himself for so much money, ultimately ends up in Houston. Like, good on you, man. You're going to get on a great opportunity to score as many points as you want because he's a, a free agent, a UFA at the end of yeah. the year. Go forth and make as much money as you can in free agency. We'll see what you're truly worth, I guess.
2: Yeah, and another guy that I wanted uh, three or four years ago.
1: Yeah, me too. Schroeder. I think, I, 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 think want we were, a shooter. I think the only reason I was anti him is because in Atlanta I heard he was a bad locker room guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Celtics also received, so they got Daniel Tice, but they got Derek White from the Spurs. And I think that's a good savvy move for them. Uh, they gave up Josh Re- Well, because you had Romeo Langford, who's better Romeo Langford or Jer or Derek white. <laughs> Is
2: that a real question? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> Derek white's the answer in my opinion, <laughs> okay. They but they also gave up Josh Josh's Richardson, Josh Richardson, who's had one good season. And for some reason, everybody's valued him way more than he ever's need to. That guy's been passed around almost as much as Eric Bledsoe has. He has uh, yeah. And the Spurs also got some draft picks out of it, including a 2028 first round uh, pick swap which is crazy to say out loud 2028. Uh um, and then the last trade I'd like to talk about this evening before we get out of here. The 76ers receive James Harden. The Nets get Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Ben Simmons and two first round picks. So five assets for James Harden. So James Harden, the guy who costs the Nets essentially uh ah oh, I'm I'm blanking the Jared Allen and mm-hmm. Karis Laverne Yeah. So they got rid of them to bring him in. Plus picks gets turned because he don't want to play there no more for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first round picks the trade of the day. Mm. Here's what's funny. Here's how, the, here's how I heard about this trade. I'm, I'm upstairs working all day. Our restaurant's on the second floor of this, this community. And I'm finally done doing my emails and everything. My, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to plug my phone in. I'm going to charge. You, and I'm going to go downstairs and, you know, go to the bathroom real quick. I'm walking downstairs. And literally, as I've done walking downstairs, I look down at my watch because I got the Apple watch. It's got, like, the notifications. And there's the trade right there. I'm like, of course. And I was like, hold And then some guy sees me like, hi, how are you doing this morning? He's doing the whole, like, good morning spiel to me. I'm like, dude, fucking James Harden. The net, the trade just happened. He's like, huh? I'm like, never mind, dude. So uh, <laughs> where were you when you heard about this ultimate? this altering trade i'm like i'm like i gotta gotta piss uh where were you when you heard about this altering trade and let's talk about this a little bit
2: yeah so i was uh i was just at work sitting down in my cubicle you know that gives me back back problems i swear um i do box you need a standing desk i do need that i wish they would provide me one i know I, i pray for one every day um, but yeah, I was sitting there. I was just, I was just, I was watching the No Dunks podcast basically all day. They were doing the emergency podcast every time a trade would happen. So I was watching one and then that happened and they didn't know about it yet. Um, but I mean, first reaction, and I just want to throw this out there really quick. If anybody watched the All Star picks tonight with Kevin Durant, that was one of oh, the fun Oh, we got to, we got to talk about the- that after this. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely.
1: Uh, <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh,
2: I was laughing my ass off that. Um, but, um, everyone knew the trade was going to happen, which is so weird. And this never happens with trades anymore in the NBA, or I don't know if it ever has, where there's like, there's two guys or a lot of these trades that happen, you kind of saw that were going to happen, right? Like, even like uh, who, CJ McCollum finally got traded, right? This year yeah. with the trades, it just everything was going yeah. left or right. This is the year two... where
1: actually everything happened. Like, exactly, every year it's all dude. rumors and then like nothing happens like last year.
2: Everything happened this year. The two guys are like, Yeah, they're gonna trade for him. Okay, they're like a week ago or even the beginning of the season, it was like something. So it actually happened, and I'm I'm really happy for both teams. I honestly think, I mean, if you wanna if who who won this trade, like that question. Oh, I honestly I like the Nets. I love okay. If Ben Simmons ever comes back to play, I love what the Nets. Dude, have he said there. he's
1: gonna be on the team on the road with the team starting next week
2: okay well then i didn't even know that because i saw the release from his manager saying he still has some time he needs to come back but that was earlier today and this team you can play ben simmons everywhere they don't really have the bigs of course they got Andre drummond but who cares i really like ben simmons playing no. big. he can play
1: oh yeah what? yeah drummond was part of the trade i'm sorry
2: yeah, yeah yeah but i don't even know if he'll start but i think he can just like in crunch time no. you're off kevin durant ben simmons what would he say no
1: no, he wouldn't start. There's no way you're starting fucking drumming. <laughs>
2: like, no, I, I know. Yeah. Okay. Was well, yeah, that sorry. what I said?
1: Yeah. I oh, said, no, I don't see. know. Maybe he'll start. I'm like, what? No.
2: No, no. He would not. Um, but crunch time situations, you have Kevin Durant, you have Ben Simmons, and then you have Seth Curry, and then you got... Freaking, Kyrie uh, Irving. Kyrie Irving. If he's playing the mandate, of course, in Brooklyn or New York or whatever, might be lifted for the mass and all those stuff. Yep. So he might be playing full time. Just that team got so much better, I think, and it's overlooked. I think there a lot of people are going the way of just saying the Sixers won, but the way Harden is, the way he got himself out of there, I mean, of course he didn't want to carry the whole load there. And he admitted that too, right? Carry I mean, the that was whole load, le-
1: like shut up. Yeah, Harden. I know.
2: But honestly, it's it's something that of course you when you're that old. <laughs> When you're that old though, dude, and you kind of want some help, you probably got sick of Kyrie or whatever. I don't care, but I just I love Ben Simmons so much. I really hope that they do very good. Like him and Kevin Durant, one of my favorite players to watch. So if they can make things happen there, then I'll be a big Nets fan. Then that's a team that you have to worry about now as a Suns player, as a Suns fan going to the finals.
1: Yes. So. So Ooh, much for me to say me. here. It's late. <laughs> it's, I get the it's late. The mic. Yeah, yeah. We're over a, an hour and 15 minutes this is longer than any podcast I think we've done. Uh outside of like final stuff. But uh but so many thoughts here, so much to say. So Matthew, cut me off at any time to retort or save your retorts. Write down your notes and on your retorts. So I'll start with what you what you said. The Nets getting Ben Simmons. So I'll start with Ben Simmons. Uh Pros. I'm a big Ben Simmons fan. I think that I've stated that in the past. I'm not a fan of Ben Simmons this year because of the way that he's gone about what he's done. I think the frustrating thing about this trade ultimately, and you knew it was going to happen and needed to happen. And I don't care necessarily the end of the day that it happened, but you reward two shitty players for the for the quitting on their teams. You have two guys who just quit on their teams, and Harden's done it twice now. Where he's just quit on his team. I don't want to play for the Rockets anymore. I'm going to be fat and shitty. And then he goes to Brooklyn. All of a sudden, I don't want to play here anymore either. I'm going to be fat and shitty. And I went I saw him play last week against the Kings, man. He had four points. And he looked fat and shitty. I don't like players like that. <laughs> Obviously. I, I love the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are all about we, not about me. Okay? Ben Simmons. The frustrating thing about me for Ben Simmons is he's been... I don't want to say hiding behind the moniker of mental health, but he's been using mental health as an excuse as to why he's not coming back. The moment he gets traded, he's on the road with the team and he's working himself back into place. So it wasn't a mental health issue. It was a, I don't want to fucking play for this team issue. And that's okay. Just say what it is because mental health is a real issue in this country, in this world that we live in. Don't hide behind that. Don't use that as a crutch because much like, certain other movements that have happened in this country, in my personal opinion, there's good merit behind those movements. And there's people who take advantage of those things. And I don't like people take advantage of that. Uh, We've heard it here on childhood trauma. I come from a a family that has mental health. My dad flew pigeons and he was a paranoid, schizophrenic, manic depressive with agoraphobia. So I understand what it's like to have mental health issues and to live around that. Don't don't use that as a crutch. That's my one. Frustration in this situation with Ben Simmons. Outside of that, I agree with you, Matthew. He's a fantastic basketball player. And I think in this system with this team, he will be an ideal player. It adds some defense, much needed defense to the Nets. On the other side of it, I can understand why people think that the Philadelphia 76ers won this trade. Why? Because typically, when you trade one player for five assets, it's because that one player is worth five assets. It's the old Bill Simmons thing, right? Like, Here's four quarters for a dollar. The dollar always wins. Now that being said, one of those core quarters was Ben Simmons, so it is—it's an all NBA player. So I mean, there's a lot obviously going on with this trade. Uh, I think it—it—we it, don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to play out. I think it benefits both teams, and I can't wait for two things. I can't wait for March 10th because that's when the Sixers play the Nets, and I hope these teams play in the playoffs because I would love to see Ben Simmons have to go back to Philly, and I'd love to see Fat Harden. Go back to Brooklyn. That's quality entertainment if you're a basketball fan.
2: Yeah, and it'd be more of Ben Simmons to go back to the Sixers because the Brooklyn fans like who's really gonna care? Did they even remember that Harden was on the team? I don't think Probably. they would. But Phil Simmons, or Phil, yeah, ben Simmons, ben Simmons going back to Philly would be great. And the mental health thing, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a tough thing to say. I just the way I've always been on Ben Simmons side in a way, just because I'm a big fan. I of get his. it. I get it. And I love the but... way he plays. And they're talking about one shot in the playoffs that I don't know, man. Um, I I'm excited. Yeah. When they play each other in the playoffs, cause it's going to happen. They're going to make sure that these two teams are playing each other. And, I just I hope it happens. And oh, I can't man, wait. Dude. We're getting there yes. close,
1: especially because we have no skin in that game because we're out here on the West Coast. And Crazy Luigi exactly, brings this yeah. up, and I 100% agree with this statement right below. It says Daryl Morey also got redemption for getting shit on most of the season. It's the same thing when it comes to the Suns and James Jones getting shit on, not nearly on the same level for not re-signing Jalen Smith to a rookie extension because essentially they bring in Tory. Craig, Torrey Craig makes the same money as Jalen Smith, yet we have him locked under contract next season too, whereas we didn't with Jalen Smith. We flipped that asset that everyone thought was a distressed asset into Torrey Craig. You look at what Daryl Morey's had this whole season, and I, re- I I can still remember where I was driving. I was in Las Vegas working at my new job the first week of the season, or the first week of the preseason when the whole Ben Simmons doesn't want to play for Philly thing happened. And everyone started in on Daryl Moore. It's like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And all season, he's been shit on for how he's navigated that asset. And essentially, he turned that asset into James Harden. Okay, good, bad, or indifferent, fat or not, whatever. you got yourself a guy who's won multiple scoring championships, has been a member of multiple all-NBA teams, and is one of the most elite talents in the league. If you were to put a list of probably the top 15 guys, James Harden could potentially be on it. We'll see how it plays off out in the All NBA. But yeah, Crazy Luigi, spot on. I think that Daryl Morey is getting his redemption because he played that asset right. He played his poker hand right. He held on as long as he could instead of trying to panic, which a lot of GMs, let's admit, a lot of GMs would have done. Yeah, always. Just, yeah, because then, you know, you get that media coverage, you get everybody shitting on you. So you try to move that distress asset and you don't get anything out of it again what did he get out of it he got Seth Curry which is no not something to shake your head at I I get the Seth Curry is now going to be moved to the bench and he's going to play behind Ben Simmons but but what that does is those games where Kyrie Irving can't play at home until the mask mandates are lifted which I think is not too long thank God this thing might be finally fucking over but on on those home games Seth Curry is going to start and that's a quality asset there you also get Andre Drummond who Fucking release his ass. And then you get two picks out of it, too. I think Daryl Morey mm-hmm. played that shit, you know, great because he gave up those assets in order to get James Harden, which could potentially. Now you have James Harden and Joel Embiid. That's scary, dude. It, it is.
2: Scary, dude. I just. I don't know where I am. I've always been a James Harden fan. I was always in defense of him and his play because uh, he adapted to the NBA when back in the yes. day, where you get to the line that easily. They, but now, AS2. now he he hasn't. Yeah, and he hasn't adapted to the way it is now. So. I don't know, man, because I haven't seen enough of him lately to really understand of what he is and how he's going to produce. I'm sure he can get back to his all-star form. Uh Kyrie though, it's funny because Kyrie will never play, but when he plays, it's like, oh my God, this guy's fucking amazing, right? Like he Dude. can just come into he can take two years off and come back in and make a difference. I just love I mean that. he's got gray hair now. He does, yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, awesome, it was it was pretty
1: cool. Again, I went to the, the Kings versus Nets game the other day and I gotta see Kyrie play in, in person. And it's just fun to watch, man. Like, yeah, he's, a, he's like if he's you great. love basketball, you love Kyrie. When Kyrie kind of reminds me of Barry Bonds, whereas, like, everyone hated Barry Bonds. Now, granted, he was a San Francisco Giant, and if you're from the Phoenix area, you hate the Giants. Uh, if you're a Dodgers fan, you really hate the Giants. So everyone hated him because of the team he played for, but you always respected the shit out of him, and you were amazed at the talent that he had. Steroids are not. Barry Bonds was always a great player. Uh, But off the off the field, he was known as just a raging fucking asshole. Well, Kyrie Irving, all the off the court stuff overshadows the talent that's on the court. And Kyrie Irving on the court is one of the most amazing ball handlers I've ever seen. And I've watched basketball for a long, long time.
2: Yeah. And just really quick, too. It's funny how we're pointing out these players and Ben Simmons, James Harden. uh, You can even before Joel Embiid actually turned on, you know, the afterburners of where he can become a better player. He was hated, I feel like, by a lot of people. Uh now we're talking about James Harden Ben Simmons. Everyone hates them. It's just so weird, like how two of these players are top 15 players, because Ben Simmons is I think a top 15 for sure. When he's when he's playing, when, when he's playing, right, like when he's right. When he's right. I it's just like we hate them so <laughs> fucking much because all their problems are out in the public it's just it's such a weird thing it's like we hate these guys ah but we're gonna watch it's, them and we it, can't wait for the playoffs sports, watch them play each other. it's
1: sports hate you know at the end of the day it's all love it's all sports hate nah, that's i why think it's... people really hate them <laughs> uh, people need to get a life then dude like focus yeah. po- put that positive energy into your life you know just have fun it's sport that's what makes it fun okay the last thing i also, I want to talk about tonight is uh the select the all-star selection yeah. between t- team lebron and team kevin durant uh now you watch this live correct on tnt
2: no i just i was watching it actually the last five minutes of the sun's game i had it on
1: okay okay so i caught i caught part of it as it was going on uh but i caught the best part and obviously i I tuned in when literally rudy gobert and james harden were the last two (laughs) players left on the board and you got lebron sitting there And you got KD sitting here. And I should have clipped this and put it on on the podcast. I'm sorry for not doing that, Jamsters. I I really should have. Uh, But it was high comedy where Kevin Durant has to pick. And he's got to pick between Rudy Gobert and James Harden, the guy who literally just got traded from his team. And he sits there and he goes, yeah, I think I need some size. I need some size against Team LeBron. And I'm going to bring up the rosters here pretty quick. And you tell me if he needs size against Team LeBron. And he's like, I'm going to take Rudy. And LeBron's kind of losing his shit. Everyone in the studio is losing his shit. Kenny's kind of like, like, yeah, no, that makes sense. And essentially, LeBron has to take James Harden. He goes, you know, he he says, well, hold he he hasn't played. Is he healthy? And Charles Barkley's like, he's got traded He got traded. He's healthy now. <laughs> and they are like, and listen, I'll say this: I may give LeBron a lot of shit on this podcast, and I know it. And part of that, and primarily, the reason for that maybe I'm being candid here because I'm having plenty of these num-num juices tonight. Uh, But that's because Jordan was my idol growing up and LeBron in my personal opinion shouldn't be in the same conversation. So anytime I see anything LeBron does, I compare it to Jordan and I'm instantly disgusted by him because he's no, he should, he's not the same world as Jordan. But that being said, He's really fun to watch on TNT with those guys. And I hope when his career is over, he joins the TNT crew because LeBron would be quality television. Because tonight, during that, he was quality television, man.
2: He was. Actually, I would rather see KD up there just sit, say nothing. And then (laughs) KD KD was hilarious tonight, night, dude. Like, he was playing so well. He's always quiet. He doesn't want to talk to them. And they asked him about his injury. Like, he's He's just like, no, no. (laughs) dude it was it was the best I, it was I, great I man that. yeah if you want to list the teams i'll say right lebron dominated again lebron has the best team again
1: dude so he, here are the teams uh matthew how about you read off team lebron for the jamsters and i'll read off all right team,
2: team lebron is actually lebron because durant's not going to play on his team because he's injured obviously yep uh so lebron Giannis at the stephen curry demar DeRozan, rosen nikola lokic <laughs> Nikola Jokic, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, uh, Darius Garland, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Fred Van Vliet.
1: All right. So do me a favor. OK, so the starters on that, Giannis, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Jokic. Read those last five names again.
2: So Darius Garland, James.
1: Guard. No, yeah, starting with, starting with Garland.
2: Yeah, Garland, James guard, Harden. Guard. Don't tell me what to do. James Harden, Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, Chris Guard, Paul guard,
1: guard, His <laughs> whole it. fucking bench is guards. It's
2: awesome, though. I no, love it, dude. No,
1: no. That's why I'm going to read off Team Durant, I think Team All Durant right. will win. He's got starters, Joel Embiid, John ja Morant, Jason Tatum, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Young. His players, LaMelo Ball, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, DeJounte Murray, Carl Anthony Towns. Eh. So that's what's funny, is when it came down to it, and he could probably use another guard on his on his roster because you got Lamelo Ball, Devin Booker, uh, Chris Middleton is uh, is a three slash four, Zach Levine is uh-huh. a, a three slash four, Dejounte Murray a, a one slash two, but he had Carl Anthony Towns. Like Rudy Gobert should not be on his team, and it should be James Harden, and he went with Rudy Gobert. <laughs>
2: You know what I'm I saying? I know, it is, it is crazy, yeah. But then also when you have like uh, Giannis and you have Nikola Lokic. Uh, yeah, but Giannis even, in the
1: center, he's a four.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter, dude. It's an all-star game. I think the names is all that matters, dude. He has ball players. LeBron's got well, the best this, players.
1: That being said, I think Team LeBron is 4-0 and in all-star game history. Yes. Uh, but But here's the other thing that I like, okay? Uh, now, obviously, Chris Paul is going to be a member of Team LeBron, who's going to be coached by Monty Williams. You have Devin Booker, who's part of Team Durant, who's not going to be coached by Monty Williams. He'll be coached by whoever the winner is in the East. We don't even know yet. Uh, but if you look at the graphic we have currently displayed on the screen, you'll see that Devin Booker's jersey will be the red jersey. We've talked about these jerseys in the past. The red jerseys look much better than the gray jerseys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's that's a highly cut. Like I. I might want to buy that jersey. That's a, that that's a I good mean, looking if- jersey.
2: If I buy a jersey, it's gonna be the Valley jersey. So oh, okay. Uh, you don't have a Valley jersey? No, I do not. No, I almost I almost bought one last night. Someone put a link on it on Twitter and I saw that they just released some more of the yeah, just sports. I almost got it.
1: Yeah. That's a reminder to anybody who's listening. If you go to JustSports.com, the just sports shop online and use Sun's Jam in the mm-hmm. uh it, it, as a checkout code, you get 15% off and they're releasing a bunch of new stuff. So yeah, when I bought the yeah. Valley hat, I bought the Devin Booker jerseys. The first I'm like, this is the Booker jersey. I will finally buy.
2: Yeah. I almost texted you. I almost texted you like, Hey, so is it XXL I should get? Cause I know they come smaller. right? They come small. So, Cause I have an XL yeah. and
1: I look, I look like a fat, Thirty-nine-year-old white dude. In I it. was I,
2: I was texting out to you, and I just like backspace a I'm not going to get one. <laughs> get <laughs> I was seriously so close <laughs> to getting one. <laughs>
1: oh man! Anything else you want to talk on this about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast?
2: Uh Cameron Johnson. I don't think we even talked about him. No, I'm just dude. kidding. <laughs> I'm a little too close to the camera right there. Yeah, you're okay, folks. You're a little freaky, dude. <laughs> How you doing, Cam
1: Johnson? You beautiful son of a bitch, you. you son of
2: a bitch.
1: <laughs> well, Sexy on that mama. note, Jamsters, you know we've gone an hour and a half. Definitely uh, a huge night for Phoenix Suns fans. A huge night, a huge day for Phoenix Suns fans as well. Uh, not only mm-hmm. getting two really good pieces to this organization, but also coming out and just fucking waxing the Bucks tonight which is fantastic. Uh, so we thank you for hanging out with us on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast. We'll be coming to you live once again, following the completion of the Orlando magic game against the sun's on Saturday night. So please tune in then subscribe rate and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're watching, please give us a thumbs up down below. Uh, but until then I got a little bit of my numb, num juice left and I fly home to Phoenix tomorrow. So uh, I'll oh, be in the I'll home studio. Yeah. So you won't. And then the super bowl, you gotta let me know if you're coming. I gotta oh, food. I'll be there,
2: dude. I'll right, be word. there. Word. And Matthew, uh, how
1: high are you? You look like you've eaten like three gummies. Dude, I
2: just want to see the before and after of this pod. Of what <laughs> I look like before. <laughs> I'll like, just scrunch up into like a tumbleweed over here, dude. I don't... <laughs> I'm tired. All right, yeah, everyone go home and love your family.